Good afternoon, everyone. How's everyone doing? Awesome. It's so great to be together as a church. Um, I am the last up for the Desert Trio, so I am excited uh, to share God's Word with you today and what God has put on my heart. Um, And I'm going to be talking about a topic that we're all familiar with today, that everyone's going to get to relate to. I guarantee it. And I want to kind of just start by sharing how uh, this year for my wife and I has been, um, it's been pretty crazy. It's in a, in a good way. Um, so we bought our first house this year, a lot of firsts this year, bought our first house together. Um, then we found out that uh, we're, or she's pregnant and we're expecting our first child together. So that's exciting. Amen. And then a few weeks ago, I also found out that I'll be um, teaching for my first year at Desert, uh, Desert Sands um, Unified School District. So excited about that as well. And those are all tremendous blessings, right? And there's even times where God can overwhelm you with good things. What's funny is, even that God is so good to us, the sinful nature never ceases to stop, right? It's always in us. It's always there. And I feel like this year in my life, God has shown me just how selfish I really am. And I know everybody's selfish. You're thinking that right now. Yeah, I'm selfish. You know, but for this season in my life, God's really revealed this. And like I said, Steph has been pregnant. It's been an ugly pregnancy, guys. Uh, It's been ugly. Like, I know all women get uh, morning sickness, but very few women get this thing called hyper... Hyperemesis. Only 2% of women get it. HG for short. And Stephanie has it. And it causes extreme um, vomiting, or vomiting um, weight loss, nausea. In extreme cases, they have to go to the, uh, to the urgent care to get IV fluids. And Stephanie has had to do that twice. And naturally, I'm thinking, man, like, I'm going to have a kid on the way. I see Stephanie going through this and struggling through this. And I'm like, wow, I'm going to be more serving. I'm going to be more giving, more selfless. But the truth is, man, I've been struggling with it so much. I am extremely selfish. And this really bothers me because it leaves me feeling like, man, how out of touch have I become with denying myself and taking up my cross daily? And so considering this truth, it's led me to study this topic out, selfishness. And, you know, sometimes we write lessons for, because we're doing a series, sometimes we're given a topic, um, sometimes we need to address the audience, but honestly, I wrote this lesson for me. And I know that's ironic and it's selfish. <laughs> but hopefully in my study and converting into a sermon, it's going to help you as well and inspire you to grow in this area. Let's pray. Uh, Father in heaven, great God, we come before you. Thank you so much for your grace. God, I'm so appreciative of just the, the grace series that we did, Lord, and, and how we're still doing, God, and uh, man, we don't deserve to be here. God, thank you for the blood of Christ. God, you thought about us, God, that you wanted us to have a relationship with you. God, I pray that you be with our hearts right now, Lord. I pray that you fill me with your spirit, God, to be able to, uh, to preach your word. God, speak through me. And I pray, I pray God, that uh, we'll be more inspired and faithful, God, to live... Um, to live according to Christ. God, we, lo- <clears throat> me. we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So our theme verse for our sermon today is in Philippians 2, 3 through 4. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition 
or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interest, but each to the interest of others. The title of the lesson today is called Above Me. Above Me. In Psalm 135, 5 through 6, it says, I know that the Lord is great, that our Lord is greater than all gods. The Lord does whatever pleases Him in the heavens and on the earth, in the seas and all their depths. And so the psalmist is communicating here that God is above everything. Right? That He's above us. And I, I believe that the, the, the first step in living a life of selflessness and sa- that's sacrificial is embracing that, that God reigns above that he's above our desires, that he's above our will, that he's above our dreams, that God reigns above and we're here at the bottom. We're going to break this theme verse into two two parts. Sorry, guys, I'm in a little trouble with the clicker here. But the first part says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. My first point here is selfie. We love selfies, don't we? Selfish ambition can be understood as a motivation to elevate oneself or to put one's own interests before another's. It's a self-above-others approach. Vain conceit, excessively proud or concerned about one's own appearance, qualities, and achievements. And you can also use self-centeredness, narcissistic, selfishness. It all can be in one. And it's certainly not, easy, it's certainly not hard to see that our world, our society is selfish, Right? It's all over the place. There's a saying that our uh, society loves to hear and loves to give and loves to say. Right? You've heard of this? Just be yourself. Just be yourself. It's on social media feeds. It's in Disney films. Uh, it's in Hallmark films. Not that I watch any of those. Um, it's in books. It's in graduation cards, right? Like, you're going to win. You're going to be a winner, champ. Just be yourself. We see it all over the place. And I know the heart of the message is, Okay, be yourself. Um, you know, don't try to be someone that you're not. Be real. Be authentic. However, I feel like that this message has gone unchecked. And now the message is, and now what we're seeing is an overinflation of self-regard and that our society is obsessed with the self. Now the message has become that above all else, just be you. Admire you. Love you. You're what's true. You're what's most important. It's ubiquitous in our culture. It's everywhere we go. I want to show you this Diet Coke commercial. Look. Here's the thing about Diet Coke. It's delicious. It makes me feel good. Life is short. If you want to live in a yurt, yurt it up. You want to run a marathon. I mean, that sounds super hard, but okay. I mean, just do you, whatever that is. And if you're in the mood for a Diet Coke, have a Diet Coke. Diet Coke. Because I can. Exactly what the world tells us, right? It makes me feel good. Just do you. Because I can. This is the anthem of our culture right now. Right? It's the me first attitude. It's the tendency to put, um, use social media and other platforms to adore the self. Our society feeds off of publicity. And this is eerily, eerily close to what Paul tells Timothy in his second letter. But mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. 
People will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of money. Boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents. Ungrateful, unholy, without self-control. Brutal, not lovers of good. Treacherous, rash, conceited. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power, have nothing to do with them. Selfishness, greed, narcissism. This sin can be found everywhere. In fact, all the evil that goes on in the world, the drug trade, sex trafficking, murder, marriage affairs, scandals, lying, cheating, it can all be traced back to the root of selfishness. And I believe that's exactly why Jesus said that the top two commandments that we should be following is to love God with everything and to treat others as you would treat yourself. Jesus knew that this was going to happen. The me-first mentality is exactly the opposite of how God calls us to live. And God willing, that we'll never cheat on our spouses or commit murder or or do any of of those other high-profile acts. But if you're honest with yourself, how often do you give into your selfish desire or selfish impulse? How much do we actually deny ourselves like the Bible tells us to? Jesus tells us in Luke 14 plainly, whoever wants to be my disciple must take up their cross and follow me. You know, this is a verse, these are verses that we memorize, that we know, right? And one of the things that has helped me in this study is just rereading scripture again and again and again on this topic. Like if you ever want to just grow in something, read a lot of those scriptures. It does something to your heart when you actually reread and recommit to verses. In Matthew 7, 12, Jesus says, So in everything, do to others as you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. Jesus, at the end of his Sermon on the Mount, says this. And if you look at his Sermon on the Mount, a lot of the things that he's teaching has to do with people. And he sums it up with that. He says, In everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. That sums up the entire message of the Bible. If this is at the core of what we believe in, of following God, does this sum up your walk with God? You know, being honest, uh, valuing others above myself, doesn't sum up my walk with God. You know, one of the things that I love most, um, that, that encourages my soul, that's my happy place, is sleeping. I love taking a nap. I love sleeping. And so you can imagine, if that I wake up before my body is rested, that's probably the most discouraging things that I hate to experience. And like I shared earlier, I have a pregnant wife. And she gets up in the middle of the night. She's hungry. She's thirsty. She needs my attention. She needs me to get her things. And she's totally flipped my happy place upside down. <laughs> and I know what you're thinking. Now, we have a baby coming. I'm about to get a rude awakening. Like, literally. Right? <laughs> It's coming. But I'm selfish. You know, one of the most recent, recent things is that Steph is having a hard time falling asleep. Again, with the whole sleep thing. And she wants me to stay up with her. And so she'll, like, throw her hands in my face. She'll tickle me and she'll, like, kick me on my legs. She'll elbow me. And I hate it. And a lot of times I just try to ignore her. 
and like pretend I'm falling asleep and that it doesn't bother me and then eventually she leaves me alone. I'm selfish. Or cooking a meal without considering everyone else in my household. I'm selfish. Being late to places, even at church, without considering and a lack of planning. A lot of us are late to church at times. That's selfish. Not being giving to the fellowship. And a lot of times I would use the excuse, I'm shy, I'm introverted, that's who I am. That's selfish. Not being giving with my time, that's selfish. Procrastinating on projects that need to get done around my house, that's selfish. Waiting for someone else to do something that you need, you see, or that you see that needs to be done. Maybe it's something small like washing the dishes or taking out the trash, or maybe seeing a need at church. And waiting for someone else to do it. That's selfish. Being impatient, that's selfish. Being unwilling to forgive, that's selfish. Feeling entitled, that's selfish. And you may relate to some of these things or not, but my challenge to you is, look into your daily life. What areas are you selfish in? Right? Because it's really, really when, when no one's looking, is what really shows our character. You know, I do want to lift up the church. You know, not too long ago, we did the series on giving. And I do want to lift up Sean Howe and all the, the hope reps that have, that have been helping uh, us to really go and serve the community and keeping that on our hearts. So I definitely do want to lift up the church. Um, but it's the selfish desire that we possess that we possess that happens daily is what I'm really after. A lot of our selfish, selfishness happens when it's just between you and God. Right? How is your purity? Do you have jealousy and envy? Do you compare yourself to others? You know, Darren talked about last week, comparisons. I have a short story of how to be miserable. Just in case, if you're looking for it, I'll tell you how to get it. <laughs> Think about yourself constantly. Use I as often as possible. Mirror yourself continually by the opinions of other people. Listen greedily to what people say about you. And if it's not what you want to hear, get angry. Expect to be appreciated by everyone. Be suspicious. Be jealous and envious. Be sensitive and easily offended. Never forgive a criticism. Trust nobody but yourself. Insist on expecting consideration and respect at all times. Demand agreement with your own views on everything. Sulk and feel sorry for yourself if people are not grateful to you for, the way, for what you do for them. Never forget how much you have done for other people and think about it at all times. But always remember what they have failed to do for you. Seek at all times to entertain yourself and do as little as possible as you can for other people. You know, I wrote this down and I was reading it to myself. And this explains a lot of who I was before Christ. And to be honest, it's still something that I struggle and battle with daily. Church, like, I don't want to be this person. I don't think anyone here wants to be that person. But I do think that sometimes we have the mindset that selfishness is kind of an okay thing to have. Like, that we all kind of agree we're selfish, that's just who we are. That we're kind of accepting of it. Like, if I raised my hand, this is a rhetorical question, if I raised my hand and said, are you selfish, 
the majority would raise their hands, right? And we'd be kind of like, yeah, that's, that's about right. But what if I just said, raise your hand if you're a thief? And every, if majority of people raise their hand, we'd be looking around like, man, like, what's going on, right? We've had to, we would have to have some talks. <laughs> My point is the sin of selfishness should be just as alarming. I know personally I needed to take a look, hard look at this. And after a few days of trying to be intentional, like James talked about, and being deliberate, it's hard, right? It's not an easy thing to do. And I'm not naive, right? We might have to be just dealing with this and struggling with it till the day Jesus comes back. But I do want to avoid getting sucked into, oh, it's just a part of who I am. I'm human. Galatians 5.24 says now that those who, now those that belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Paul uses that word for a reason. Crucify. That means to struggle with it, to feel some pain, to die to yourself. Our bodies belong to Christ, and we're called to deny ourselves. Part two of our Philippians verse. says, rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Each of you should not look only into your own interest, but to the interest of others. Second point here is others. When you look at that word humility, a lot of other translations has it lowliness of mind. So in other words, humility starts with your mindset. It's how you view other people. It's your perspective and how you see them. That the attitude should be, you're above me, and I'm above you, so that no one gets missed, and that God is above us all. Even in um, Romans 12:1, Paul tells us, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you be able to test and approve that God's will, what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And so renewing your mind and living a life of sacrifice go hand in hand. Right? Paul's urging us to live this out. And so once we get our mind right, then we're able to live it out. Right? We're able to practice it. And don't be like this guy. It's easy to don't sum it up when you just talk about mindset. practice. We sitting here, I supposed to be the franchise player, and we in here talking about practice. I mean, it, listen, we talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. Not a game. Not, a, not, not the game that I go out there and, and die for and play every game like it's my last. Not the game. We're talking about practice, man. I mean, how silly is that? Man, we're talking about practice. I know I'm supposed to be there. I know I'm supposed to lead by example. I know that. And I'm not, I'm not shoving it aside, you know, like it don't mean anything. I know it's important. I do. I honestly do. But we're talking about practice, man. What are we talking about? Practice? We're talking about practice, man. <laughs> We're talking about practice. We're talking about practice. We ain't talking about the game. We're talking about practice, man. When you come into the arena and you see me play, you see me play, don't you? You see me give everything I got, right? But we talking about practice right now. 
We talking about pra- man. I look. I hear you. I, it's funny to me too. I, I mean, it's strange. It's strange to me too. But we talking about practice, man. We not even talking about the game, the actual game, when it matters. We talking about practice. Is it possible though that from where he's coming from? He says that word over like 50 times. But I love how he starts it out. He says, I'm the franchise player. It's about me. Why are we talking about practice? Right? Then he goes on to say, I know it's important. I really do. But we're talking about practice, man. Come on. Right? And we can have that mindset, though. We can know the verses. None of these verses I've showed you that you don't know. If you're a disciple, right? And sometimes we can know these verses, but not put them into practice. Being selfless is indeed a practice. You know, the amazing thing is that when we do do this, incredible things happen. Turn your Bibles over to John 12, 23. John chapter 12, verse 23. So Jesus replied, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. The man who loves his life will lose it. Well, the man who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and wherever I am, my servant will also be. My father will honor the one who serves me. Now my heart is troubled. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. No. It was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. And this is awesome. Jesus is leading by example, right? He knows that the cross is near. And he gives this illustration of a wheat, kernel of wheat falling to the ground and dying. But that when it does that, it's more, uh, it's more productive. It's more fruitful. And we see Jesus here going to the cross. And he's knowing it. And he's struggling with this. We see the flesh of Christ. He's like, man, I don't want to do this. Save me from this hour. No. Father, glorify your name. When we're deliberate in, in, in denying ourselves and our flesh, God is glorified. That needs to be the reason. And when we see people being selfless, I know for me, when people are being selfless towards me, it inspires me. It helps me to want to do the same and pay it forward. When we do that, God is glorified and we're more fruitful. You know, one creative way that I've been going about this, and feel free to, to do your own thing. We did this in the campus ministry a while back. Um, but I need daily reminders. I'm very forgetful. And so one of the things that I did was plant uh, one of my favorite vegetables. It's a, it's a bitter melon. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but we use it in a lot of Filipino dishes. Okay, so if you've never seen it, this is it. So I planted some seeds. That's a bitter melon right there. And I have on my pot, I wrote down our theme scripture, Philippians 2.3. And on the bottom of it, you can't really see it, but it says practice. Right? And so the idea is that when I go to water it, I'm going to see the scripture. And I'm going to read, practice. I'm going to read the scripture. It's going to remind me to work on this. Right? And so every time I water it, it's going to grow. And then hopefully, me reminding myself, it's going to, I'm going to be growing in my selflessness. Right? But on the other hand, if I don't water it, if I forget, I'm not reminding myself. And then I'm not going to be able to grow in my selflessness. Right? And then worst of all, I'm not going to have my bitter melon for my Filipino stews. And so 
You can do this as well. I just figured that I put this in here because Scott loves to talk about his oranges. So I'm going to talk about my bitter melons. But it's helping me to grow in this area. I want to share a story with you at youth camp that I think embodies this heart. Um, youth camp's amazing. I mean, there's so many amazing stories. Um, and I was able to go up there at youth camp this year uh, on staff. And I didn't really have kind of um, a, a, role, a specific role. It's kind of just a utility guy. And so uh, there was this camper that came, and his mom just became a disciple two months ago in the uh, church in Orange County. And so she didn't really know too many people, and um, the camper didn't know anybody. It's his first time away from his mom. So it's a big deal for, for uh, kids going into, their sixth, uh, into sixth grade because they've never been away from home. Okay, so Monday night, he's there, we go to the worship, and he's just bawling and sobbing uncontrollably, wailing. And all he was saying was these, these three things. I want my mom, I want to go home, I don't want to be here. So for 30 minutes straight, everyone's kind of just trying to step in and do what they can. And when you're saying the same thing over and over for 30 minutes, I mean, that's a long time, right? And he cries himself to sleep, like we couldn't, uh, he didn't get over it. And so uh, we're trying to figure out what to do. I kind of stepped in. Uh, Daniel stepped in as well. Uh, D-Nice over there. And uh, we're just kind of trying to help help him out in whatever way that we can. And so uh, the campus minister from Orange County called his mom, kind of tried to talk to him, see kind of what the deal was. And so we come to find out that this camper is OCD. He has ACD or ADD. And then he's somewhere on the, um, the autism spectrum, right? And so when when I've worked with autistic uh, kids before professionally, and when they're fixated on something, they don't let it go. Like, they're just totally focused on it, right? And which is why they're, in a lot of ways, brilliant. Like, we were hanging out with him, me and Stephanie. He drew this, uh, this, this, uh, this ship, this battleship. He told us what country it was from, what battle it was from, and all the different functions on the ship. Right? So when they're focused, they're focused. And this kid was so focused on going home. And at camp... Like, that's a no-no. Like, we don't say, the, the no-no word is homesick. And so we don't get kids to try to say that, or we, don't, we try to divert them from saying that, right? Because the whole goal of camp is to make sure that they feel safe, that's a safe environment, that they get to experience God and have fun. Obviously, if they go home, they can't experience that. And so this kid was crying and wailing and sobbing the second night, right? So I had the idea, let's just not bring him to the worship. Kind of, that's kind of his trigger, right? So we're kind of spending time with him. He's crying. And he cries himself to sleep again. And so we talk about it, and this brother from OC, he, he just sends out a text and says, hey, can anybody come up to be a one-on-one with this kid for the rest of the camp? And what's so amazing, this, this, this brother named Thomas Bryant dropped everything that he was doing, worked it out with work, his job, came up to be a one-on-one with this kid. Do to others as you would have them do to you. This is his words. He said, the reason I'm here is because if it was my son, I would want someone else to do the same. And this is the heart that Jesus wants us to have. And the story's not over. So he came, and we're kind of tag-teaming, me and him, with this camper. The third night, wailing, sobbing, crying for another 30 minutes, cries himself to sleep again. Thursday comes around, Thomas is just engaging with them all day long, right? The worship comes uh, in the evening, I go check on them, and they're just engaged. They're talking about all these different 
um, military tactics because uh, Thomas was, I guess, a former military guy. And he's just engaging with him the whole time. And that's the first night that the camper wasn't crying. The next day, Friday, he finally comes to the worship night. Comes to our, uh, our ice cream social. I was like, man, we should have gave him ice cream in the very beginning, right? <laughs> but it's there. Thomas is there. Given to him. And now on Saturday, we have an award ceremony. And the camper wins most improved camper. It's pretty amazing, right? But that's exactly the heart that Jesus wants us to have. To do for others what you would have them do for you. And I'll close this with one more thing here. I was reading this article by uh, Grace Blue Rock. She is an author and she spent six years in hospice care. And so she saw people at the end of their life. And she kind of gathered what, their, the, what people's top regrets are at the end of their life. And she had nine of them. And I want to read one of them to you. So one of the top regrets that people have at the end of their life. I wish I had done more for others. That at the end of life, when nothing really matters, they regret that they didn't help other people more. As I hope as disciples of Christ that we will not have this regret when our time comes. My hope and prayer is that you examine the areas where you are tempted to be selfish. That you don't give into those selfish impulses, but that the words of Jesus directs, redirects your heart and actions to love your neighbor as yourself, to treat others as you would like to be treated. That in humility, value others above yourself. Guys, the world needs to see this. They need to see it live out through us to be more and more like Christ. Thank you.